What is going on, everybody? Back again on uh, back-to-back days for a podcast for the All In Man Cave podcast. I am your host, Cole Haight. Not many times do I do back-to-back podcasts, but after an amazing Thursday night football game, not really, it was kind of boring. We'll recap that in a minute. Uh, Just wanted to thank all you guys for all the support. Uh, listening to the podcast I released yesterday on injuries, fantasy football, uh, and our quarter awards. Uh, thank you so much. Appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. If you know anybody else, uh, tell a friend, one, two, uh, via word of mouth, share my Facebook posts, sh- just share the name of the podcast online. That's all I ask. Thank you so much once again. But we're going to hop right in. We got a big slate of football games for week five. Going to do our normal preview segment uh, with what I what I like personally from each of the games in terms of who's going to win in terms of the spread and also in terms of over-under. So let's hop right in. Let's do a quick recap. The Los Angeles Rams take down the Seattle Seahawks 26-17. to Russell Wilson gets hurt in this game. Uh, I did offer you guys in the end of the last segment three bets. Uh, Two out of those three lost, so I apologize on that. Uh, I did hit on the over for the Cooper Cup receptions. Uh, Over was six and a half. Uh, He had seven receptions. We lost on Robert Woods under 60 yards receiving since apparently he decided to go off in this game, which he hasn't done all season for the Los Angeles Rams. And since Russell Wilson got hurt, he did not have the opportunity to have twenty over 24 and a half completions. So we also lost on that bet. Uh, not a lot went on in this game. It seems like Thursday night football games, uh, as the season goes on, become less and less interesting, uh, unless it's two Excalibur teams. Uh, and they both play ultra like perfectly. Uh, seems like a Thursday night game is rough for some of these football football teams. Uh, four four day turnaround from the previous week to get ready and play another game uh, with the injuries and and all the all the stress and everything from the NFL football season for these players. It just seems like it it really affects them and really affects the away teams. So if you're an away team and you and you win on a Thursday night, I would call that a a win and a half, honestly. Uh, so the Rams stay uh, very close to the Arizona Cardinals in that division, uh, the NFC West. Uh, it's going to be a race to the finish uh, for everybody except the San Francisco 49ers who do not look too good as of the first four weeks, uh, but we'll get into them when we get to their game. Not a lot to go over in this game. Uh, DK Metcalf, uh, pretty decent game in terms of fantasy. Tyler Lockett, pretty average. Uh, nothing really jumped off the page to me in terms of stuff that happened uh, besides, obviously, the Russell Wilson injury. Looked like he got a pretty bad sprain, honestly. He has a sp- what what's being reported as a sprained finger. Now, I looked at a, a few of the, the shots, like the snapshots from the game. It looked like the finger was broken. They're saying it's a sprain and it's not broken, but it didn't look good. Um, so hopefully he can return next week. Uh, I I won't speak to exhaustion about it. What I how I feel about injury since I just did that in our last in the last episode. But um, not really a fan 
Uh, I've seen uh, premier players, especially Excalibur players like Russell Wilson, who can change games uh, and lead their football team to victory, sitting out more than one week. So we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, he will be on my next injury segment next week, going into what will be week six. So we'll keep an eye on that. But let's jump right into the week five slate. We're going to start with the London game. Uh, the New York Jets at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, big, big news coming out of Atlanta. Calvin Ridley will not be making the trip. Uh, he has a personal matter, uh, and he will not be playing via personal reasons, uh, which is the in quotation marks phrase that they are using via the Internet. Without Calvin Ridley, uh, they really don't have much. Cordell Patterson had a really good fantasy game last week with three touchdowns, five receptions, and 80 yards. So he may be able to make a few plays. They don't really have much else in terms of actual wide receivers besides their uh, projected amazing pick in Kyle Pitts, who plays half wide receiver, half tight end. So we'll see if if they can get anything going. Uh, The Jets did get a win last week. But the issue that I see is how are they going to act after getting their first win? Their team is still subpar. Uh, The team itself has some injuries. People are coming back slowly for them. Uh, But Zach Wilson's attitude after a win is something that we're going to have to see. uh, And Jets fans really want to see because uh, his attitude is one of the things that he was dinged for uh, through the draft process. Uh, Seems like he's a little bit full of himself. Uh, which isn't always normally a bad thing, uh, especially in the NFL. But one thing I really want to bring up about this game uh, before I give you guys my pick is how come uh, it feels like every game that we have in London is between two crappy teams? Why, is it is it luck or are they doing this on purpose? I, I, I really don't know. And, and for London having um, such a quality soccer presence over there in terms of big name players getting paid big money um it, you would think that the the, the nfl would want to put more solid teams uh over there uh, so that the quality of the football games are better and more entertaining uh to try and get more of a presence overseas but i know the jacksonville jaguars always go to london they haven't been good in a decade um they played the colts over there back when the colts were okay um, believe a few of those Colts teams had Andrew Luck when they were over there. Not exactly sure on that, but uh, the Browns have played over there. I've, when the Vikings played over there, they played the Browns. Uh, I believe that was the Minnesota Miracle Year with Case Keenum. I just it, It's never two good teams that go over to London, I feel like. I feel like the games that we have in Mexico City are better than the games that, that we're having over in London. But that, that that's an NFL problem. That's not an average fan problem. Um, the only difference between the average fan and a London game is the fact that it's on Eastern Standard Time at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, if you're on the West Coast, it starts at 6.30 in the morning, which is very odd. Uh, and I don't think that I will get up at 6.30 in the morning if I lived in California to watch the Jets and the Atlanta Falcons. So you're going to lose a decent amount of viewers, especially from the United States, uh, if that when that game's aired. My pick for that game is the New York Jets plus two and a half. Uh, the Falcons' defense is bad, uh, and the Jets' offense looks pretty good with Corey Davis uh, being a, a solid a solid uh, wide receiver with Jamison Crowder underneath. Uh, their run game looks like they can be good enough with Michael Carter. Uh, 
So uh, I'm going to take the Jets plus two and a half. The game's going to be close, I think. So it's going to come down to, I think, a one-point swing either way is my best guess, which is why I took the Jets plus two and a half. And then I'm going to take the over of 45 because there is zero defensive presence uh, between both of these teams uh, via injuries and via absolute talent because they don't have very much of anything going on. Uh, There might be three solid players on both defenses combined out of 22 starters. Next on the list, Patriots at the Texans. Here we go again uh, with Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. Um, Davis Mills looked terrible against Buffalo's defense, and Bill Belichick is probably better at coaching a defense and will have a better outcome than the Buffalo Bills based on the way he has a an amazing record against rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Davis Mills did not look good, so... I don't really know. I would consider that the defense of the Patriots being better than the Bills, so theoretically they should struggle. Um, But I can see this game going exactly the same, if not worse, than it did for the Texans last week. And even if it is a little bit different and, and the Texans actually score points this week, it helps me out with my pick. So I just need the Texans to score between 7 and 10 points in this game. There's no possible way that they don't turn the ball over. Bill Belichick's offense is going to do just enough to beat that piss-poor defense uh, in Houston. So I I, I got to take – my pick is in. I got to take the Patriots minus nine, and I got to take the over. The, it's 39-and-a-half. I can't, I can't possibly take the under. Uh, there's no possible way that the, I see the Patriots scoring at least 30, and that's why I need them, the Texans to score between 7 and 10 to hit on both of those. Next, we go from old Patriots, or we now go move to old Patriots quarterback Tom Brady. The Dolphins are at the Buccaneers. Um, I read something uh, that on NFL, uh, one of the NFL blogs that I f- frequently read, uh, that any team in Florida doesn't feel like you're on a, away if you're at another Florida location. So like the Jacksonville Jaguars, Dolphins, and Bucks, whether they're playing at home or away at the other stadiums, uh, they all feel similar. So it's not really a home advantage for the Bucks. Not that it really matters. Uh, I just thought that was a quick, quick little bit, um, a little nugget uh, to throw out for you guys. Uh, but basically what I'm looking at in this game is Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki, and Jalen Waddell versus the Bucks secondary of I have no idea who. So Carlton Davis may or may not start. If he plays, he's not going to be 100%. The rest of the secondary is not very good. So they're basically relying on their front seven to do everything, uh, which could work out um, probably 75% of the time. But 25% of the time, it ends up absolutely blowing up in your face. So we'll keep an eye on that watching this game. Miami needs to figure out how they're going to get production out of running backs. Because with Jacoby Brissett, he's not going to throw for 300, 400 yards, uh, especially against that front seven. So the Miami... The Miami Dolphins need to figure out how they can incorporate their running backs, whether it be uh, Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown, whoever. They need to figure out how they're going to get him involved in the offense just enough so that Jacoby Brissett can complete a pass uh, because he's not going to have much time. Uh, their offensive line has underperformed uh, based on what we've seen in, in terms of their draft. Uh, and not only that, but also the way they performed last year because they have some returners from that offensive line last year that played pretty decently uh, with the half to a half Ryan Fitzpatrick offense they ran last year. 
Brady is going to play a decent secondary this week. So last week didn't have a very good game against his former team, the Patriots, uh, as expected. Because Bill Belichick knows pretty much his tendencies that are probably not going to change, especially at four, 20 years into the league. He's not going to just going to all of a sudden have different tendencies. Uh, so I didn't really expect much out of that game in terms of offense. However, this week he's going to be tested um, with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Byron Jones looks like he's going to play. Uh, still listed as questionable, so there's a possibility he won't. But he looks like he's trending in the right direction. So those are two premier cornerbacks to deal with. Uh, they have a, a decent D-line and decent linebackers. So this game is going to be very interesting. Now, I think that this is one of those garbage time games where the Bucks go up but then let them leak back in. Um, so... With that being said, I will take the Bucks minus nine and a half. A lot of points to lay, uh, but I don't think Jacoby Brissett, uh, he's not hes not good enough to keep them in the game with a solid play on each drive. I think that there's going to be a lot of three and outs early, which is going to allow the Bucks to jump way ahead, which will cover that nine and a half. Uh, and I think at some point they reach 35 and just let the Miami Dolphins have some something. Uh, whether it's the run game, the pass game, whatever it is. Uh, but I believe they allow them just enough to cover this. I'm looking at around 50. Uh, so I'm going to take the over 48. So the Bucks minus 9.5 and, and the over of 48. Next on the list, New Orleans Saints at the Washington football team. And once again, after every single, uh, sorry, every single preview episode that we've done, I've asked the same question. And I'm going to ask it again. What Jameis Winston do we get in this game? I have no idea. So I've noticed some some stuff, and and I think it's an overcorrection. Now life is full of overcorrections. People, I'm a I'm a type one diabetic. Overcorrecting in terms of how much insulin I'm doing. Uh, overcorrecting in life where you, you go from drinking a case of beer a week to drinking no beer, and then you you start to withdraw from alcohol. But it, that's an extreme instance. But I think this is basically the description of Jameis Winston since he started on the on the New Orleans Saints. He's he's overcorrected, and he now not only is he not, he's not doing enough. He was doing way too much on the Bucks, way too much, throwing too many times, taking too many chances. Now he's not taking enough chances or throwing enough. It's it's a problem. And and what I don't know, which I would like to know is, is this on him or is this on the play call slash the situation in the football games that they're in? So he can throw for 150 yards and three touchdowns and no picks is fine. It's not like the most amazing stat line and it's not going to win you fantasy football leagues, but... That's solid if you're winning football games. When you're losing games and he's throwing picks and he's not throwing for yards, now I need to ask the question I just asked. Are, are, is Sean Payton saying, listen, I'm not going to allow you to throw more than this? Or is Jameis Winston just scared shitless of looking like he did before and now he's either automatically checking it down or throwing it in a location that not only the defender can't get to it, but neither can his offensive player? So we just need to start asking those questions. And I I don't know. It's I I believe more in the in the Washington football team with what I've seen from Heineke. 
but they need to keep pressure on Dallas in this football game. Sorry, by winning this football game, they keep the pressure on Dallas. Dallas has got the Giants this week. We'll talk about that more in depth, but the Giants and the Cowboys play really competitive games, especially in the past three years uh, that I've been following actual spreads and and following betting in terms of sports before it was even legal and before DraftKings and FanDuel and all this stuff blew up. Uh, I would follow this in terms of what the betting odds were uh, and try and dig into it a little bit um, on my off days in college and stuff like that. But uh, there's two people that'll help the Washington football team cover in this game. Not only cover, but actually win it straight. Terry McLaurin is going to have a day. Uh, and he needs to have a day for them to win. And also Antonio Gibson. So Antonio Gibson, very good out of the backfield in terms of screen passes, uh, running short hitch routes, uh, little drags across the front. Uh, and he's not a half-decent blocker either. So Taylor Heineke needs to trust his other players. Uh, seems like he tries to do too much uh, in very critical locations and times during games uh, where he'll scramble and try and make a ridiculous pass or a ridiculous rush for a first down and something bad will end up happening. Uh, similar to a lot of what would happen sometimes with Michael Vick, with Lamar Jackson, if they're trying to do too much. Uh, it, it's it's similar to that. Uh, Taylor Heineke obviously not having the same skill set, but he just doesn't need to be too much. Trust your players that are on your team. Trust them and you will be absolutely fine. Uh, so that leads me to my pick. The pick is in. The Washington football team plus two and a half is what I'm going with, and the over of 43 and a half. I don't think the Saints defense is what it's projected as uh, and what it looks like. And also, I don't think, and Washington's proven that their defense isn't top five like everyone expected, uh, which means all I need is both teams to score 22, and I think that's uh, definitely going to happen. So we're going to go once again with the Washington football team plus two and a half and the over of 43 and a half. Next on the docket, Teddy Bridgewater makes his return. Broncos are at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Teddy uh, practiced, I believe it was on Wednesday, at a limited participation, uh, which means he cleared concussion protocol, and then he should be full participate, uh, full participation Thursday and Friday. Uh, so, with that being said, Teddy Bridgewater starts this game, the Broncos will win it. If Drew Locke starts, they will lose. That's basically it, and I'm going to tell you why. The Steelers and everything that they've been able to maintain for the past however many years, basically every year under Tomlin, under Mike Tomlin, is that they were able to run the ball in a decent capacity. Big Ben was solid enough not making bad decisions, and their defense was stout, meaning they can perform against most teams and they'll make a few mistakes. All three of those things they do not have. Najee Harris cannot find any holes. Their offensive line is weak, which is causing Big Ben, who can't move to make bad decisions, and their defense is not they're good they're good and they're okay to hang in there but they're not at the caliber defense that Mike Tomlin wants nor does any Steelers fan want because their defense has been able to carry them now the fact that their team looks worse right now is because their defense can't carry them in games where their offense is a little bit subpar even going back to last year when they won all those games in a row i believe they started 10 or 11 and 0 They didn't have amazing offensive performances every week during those wins. 
The defense stuck in there. Minka Fitzpatrick was making plays. Bud Dupree was making plays. T.J. Watt was making plays. A lot of people were making plays to keep them in low-scoring games and in games where the offense was a little bit off-kilter. This year they don't have that, which is why they've started 1-3. and three. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been, since I've followed football, I can't remember many years that they haven't been over 500 or at least 500. So for them to start 1-3 and three is a little scary. Now, another thing that's come out, um, and it basically came out after their loss last week to the Packers, uh, is a lot of the wide receivers and some of the, the tight ends and, and most of basically if you could group them, maybe 75% of the offensive playmakers are, don't trust Big Ben or are blaming him for, for the bad offensive performance of the team. Now, this can get ugly if it continues. Now, Big Ben will be the first one to tell you he ain't playing okay. The problem is that the, the rest of the team can't be can't be making that vocal and taking that outside the locker room or outside the stadium. Like that needs to be handled in house, not out of the walls, or it's gonna start to get ugly. And and they don't have any room to move around uh, because their division is no joke. Cincinnati's three and one. Everybody in their division is three and one. Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Cleveland are all three and one. They are not. They are one and three. And they have to play the Broncos, whose defense is solid. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater, uh, regardless of who he played, had won, won his first three games as a starter and doesn't make many mistakes. So their offense is going to have to step up in this game. I don't believe it will. I think the Steelers fall to one and four. I'm going to take the Broncos minus one. Uh, I would take the money line, but minus one gets you plus 100 versus minus 110 at the money line. Uh, so I'll take a minus one. Regardless of if they have a push, they have a push. That's fine. I'm willing to take that gamble. Uh, and then I'm going to take the over of 39 and a half. I, I, I just don't I don't see a situation where this this total score doesn't stay. It doesn't go over um, the, the, the offense from both sides, uh, I think, has a decent chance of at least like Pittsburgh has an off day. They're still scoring 17, which means uh, the Broncos only have to score 23. I, I see that as an automatic. Uh, I can never take an under if it's under 40, just me personally, uh, and I believe that this is going to go over that. Next on the list, my Minnesota Vikings. The Lions come to Minnesota in the third game of a three-game homestand. Dalvin Cook has not practiced all week. There's been multiple things. There's been multiple things said by Mike Zimmer saying that he doesn't have to be 100% to play. You guys know how I feel about that. I 100% disagree with Zimmer. Uh, every day that goes by in this football season makes me think that Mike Zimmer is not the coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and I would, if I had to pick between Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer, I would pick Kirk Cousins. Uh, that says a lot, uh, obviously. Uh, you guys know how I feel about him, so I just don't think that. I think that Mike Zimmer and the Vikings have run their course. I, his defense hasn't performed in two years, uh, even up to now. Uh, some of the players are saying some things that normally would not be said via Twitter uh, about their play time, uh, about how they're not going to let the haters talk crap anymore that are within the Vikings organization. It just doesn't seem like he has a good rap, uh, and I don't think that the way NFL football is going uh, in the upcoming years and in the past few years his defensive close-minded way of playing football, I don't think is going to work. Uh, it's probably, I don't even want to think 
about what the offensive coordinator and him go through in meetings, uh, about Clint Kubiak being a younger younger coach trying to, to, to revolutionize this offense that has a lot of potential, even with Kirk Cousins' limitations. I don't even want to think about how that me- those meetings go because Mike Zimmer probably tries to poo-poo everything he tries to change. So just something to keep, a, keep an eye on. I If you were to ask me, what it, I think, I think Dalvin Cook's going to end up playing, but I, I think it's going to be a limited role. It's, he'll probably get 50% of the snaps. If he doesn't put him on the field, the Vikings are in trouble because it seems like every play with Alexander Madison on the field is a run, um, which against the Lions might work, but against anyone else will not work. So uh, two players I want to keep an eye on for not only fantasy purposes, uh, but also in this game, in this football game, um, Swift. DeAndre Swift and Quintez Cephas are dangers uh, for the Minnesota Vikings defense uh, and for Detroit in general. Uh, Cephas had a great, a pretty two pretty decent games last year, uh, and DeAndre Swift just basically finds every hole in our defense. So those two players on fan, in fantasy that I did not bring up uh, in our fantasy segment, our fantasy episode yesterday that I released, but. Keep an eye on those two. Definitely give them both a start. I, I they really don't have anybody else that can that can threaten a defense. Uh, and, J- and Jared Goff is Jared Goff. He's hot. He's not. You can't really plan on him be performing or not performing. He basically is just uh, flip a coin and see what you get. So. One thing I want to attack again, which I'll reinforce, is Kirk Cousins is going to have plenty, plenty of room in the secondary as long as the offensive line can block. The Lions have five secondary players, uh, whether they be on the nickel, the dime, or starting corners or safeties in their secondary. Five of them are on IR, so they're they're into backups. They they don't have any depth at the at the position. They're going to be tired. Uh, their talent level is already not as good as the normal starters. So Kirk Cousins should be able to throw all day. Um, I don't think. Basically, that with that being said. Um, I'm going to go into my pick, and I'll explain why I'm picking it since it's going to seem a little controversial. Um, I'm going to go with the Lions plus 10. Uh, 10's a lot to cover. NFC North games are always close. We always play the Lions close. I think there's always only been two years uh, in the past seven that they've blown the Lions out, one out of the two games. Uh, so that's only two games out of 14 games uh, that were completely blowouts by the Vikings. Also, I'm going to go with the under only because... I don't think that either team is going to be able to run the ball, and I think that the defenses are going to perform enough uh, like an NFC North game normally does. Uh, the Vikings will struggle on some drives. The Lions are going to struggle on some drives, but also find a little bit of, of glory at some point. I see this being like a 24-21 to 21 game. Uh, Kirk throws all three touchdowns, uh, and the Lions find some stuff maybe in garbage time or it's a close game. Uh, but I'm going to go with the under of 49 and a half. All right, next game on the docket, the Green Bay Packers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Green Bay is literally limping into this football game via the defense and some offensive players as well. Uh, Aaron Jones was dealing with some stuff. He's going to play, uh, but he, he revealed that he's been a little – he wasn't hasn't been 100% through the first four weeks, uh, which is troubling, uh, especially for fantasy owners of Aaron Jones. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, um, deep threat faster than Devontae Adams, uh, worse hands, obviously, because I don't think anybody has better hands than Devontae Adams. Uh, he will be 
out. Uh, they had to put him on IR. Not sure exactly what the injury is, but I did see that he's going to be on IR. They're missing their best two pass rushers in Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. Uh, there's a Preston Smith is doubtful. If somebody's doubtful, they're not going to be 100. It's not going to be effective in this game. Zedarius is on IR. They're also going to be without Jair Alexander. Their defense is taking a huge hit. Even if Jalen Smith that they just got from the Cowboys, uh, I think on I think he arrived on Thursday. No, sorry, he was he was traded on Thursday. Arrived Friday this morning. He's not going to be able to learn the playbook that quick. He's not going to be as effective as he can be, especially just in this game. So with all that being said, it's Aaron Rodgers. However, if Cincinnati can stay balanced, Joe Mixon has a decent game. They keep the Green Bay defense honest and keep hitting those deep balls to Tyler Boyd and and Jamar's chase. Joe Burrow's going to be fine, and they're going to come out with a win. Now, Cincinnati's defense needs to continue to play as well as it has because they were a projected bottom three defense and they're in the middle of the pack. So they're way overperforming what everyone had thought what they were going to get from Cincinnati in terms of a defense statistically. But if they can continue to outperform that bottom three defense, they can make this game interesting, which I totally expect to happen. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Bengals plus three at home and I'm going with the over of 51 so this is going to be close like this over under is going to be close Um, I'm more confident in making the bet on the spread than I am of the over and under however I'm just going to stick with it I'm going to go with the over only because I think I think that the Packers defense gives up a lot of points in this game but I think Cincinnati gets diced up a little bit because it's still Aaron Rodgers, and Cincinnati still doesn't have somebody that can shut down Devontae Adams. And they can still go to Randall Cobb in the slot. They have other weapons that aren't MVS, so they still have those options. Uh, so I see this going over in somewhat of a shootout. I see it being like 28-27, um, and for my sake, I hope the Bengals win money line. but I'll take the three if you want to give it to me. Next on the list, Titans at the Jaguars. Tennessee needs some some way to bounce back after losing to the worst football team in the league, which is the New York Jets. They need to bounce back. They were missing their two best wide receivers last week in Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Both of them made progress. Uh, they're probably both not 100%, nor can I guarantee both of them will play uh, or at least receive a somewhat decent amount of sna- the snap count they normally would. But... That's not even what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about Tennessee in this game. I'm really worried about the Jaguars. Urban Meyer is going to cause a huge distraction for this football team. They already stink. And now he he and his antics uh, that he's performed, granted, I think a lot of what people are saying about Urban Meyer is a little bit overblown uh, because he's in such a spotlight. Um, I, I think a lot of people are overreacting to what's happening uh, more than what it is. I believe it's a problem, and I believe what he did was wrong, uh, but I don't think uh, it's as bad as murder, which is basically what people are making it seem like uh, via podcast, via the internet, via blogs, uh, fans, Twitter, anything. It's just, uh, this is getting blown way out of proportion. Um, He's come out and apologized about it. Like, we've got to move on. If Jacksonville wins this game, nobody will talk about the Serpent Meyer crap. I guarantee you by next week, they they just won't. That's just the way the NFL is. It just it just they they'll forget about it. 
Everyone will forget that Urban Meyer did this crap and completely disrespected the team, disrespected his family. This is stuff that has been said online, but uh, like I just don't. And one more thing that has nothing to do with Urban Meyer. If, if Trevor Lawrence is looking for a game where he can settle in finally and 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 have some lanes and figure this out and, and make progress, it's against the piss-poor defense of the Tennessee Titans. They gave up 27 to the Jets and only scored 24 against the Jets. That's concerning because the Jaguars team is better than the Jets team. Roster-wise, it doesn't matter. They are. They just are. I don't care if the Jets have a win. I, I, I don't care. It, it, it's just it's just realistic. I think the Jags team is better, especially on defense. Offense is probably close. But on defense, they're definitely better than the Jets defense for sure. So I will go with the Titans minus four and a half. I will lay the points and also go with the under of 49. There was 51 points scored in OT um, between the Titans and the Jag, or sorry, the Titans and the Jets last week. I think they go under. Um, so I'm looking at a 27, 21, uh, probably 24, 21 type game, possibly lower. Next on the list, the Browns are at the LA Chargers. Did anybody else, was it shocking to anyone else that Baker Mayfield has a has a small tear in his labrum? A partial tear in his labrum? Uh, he tried to make that tackle, I believe it was two weeks ago in that game, threw a, threw a bad pick, tried to make a tackle, uh, and was limping on his shoulder, said that he snapped it back in place. That is one of the side effects of snapping your shoulder back in place, is partially tearing your labrum. Uh, so he has a partially torn labrum that does not require surgery. Uh, but what happens in between now and the final destination of a perfectly okay labrum? He's going to continuously struggle or be at least limited in games until he's 100% healthy, which I did my due diligence. It is the internet. I didn't ask an actual doctor, uh, but uh, multiple weeks is what I've what I've seen uh, looking at multiple sources. So a partially torn labrum, small tear is what I looked up. Uh, multiple weeks and he's got to play through it so he could partially tear it more uh, but they can't take him out because the, they don't have a backup quarterback so I'm worried about the Browns the issue that I have mostly with this is that Justin Herbert's gonna have a hard defense to go against this week now I think that he can overtake this uh, and I, I don't doubt the, the L.A. Chargers, uh, but Herbert's had a lot of good games in a row, and last year he always had a stinker. Um, not in terms of fantasy. He's not the best fantasy quarterback. Uh, me and my buddy uh, talked about that the other night. Uh, Herbert's not the best fantasy quarterback out there. He's not going to be the guy that, that tanks you, uh, but he's similar to how Teddy Bridgewater is in actual football games. That's Justin Herbert, but in fantasy football, doesn't really throw a lot. Doesn't really have a lot of stinkers, uh, so he's going to get you solid to above average points. Never spectacular and never terrible, uh, which is basically how Teddy operates in an actual football game. So, I don't know. Uh, the only other thing that I have a problem with in this game is the L.A. Chargers defense stopping the run. Because with Baker being hurt confirmed with a tear in his shoulder, they are going to run even more than they already did. Uh, and they ran a lot against the Vikings last week, having more than 
I think it was 200, I think it was 200 yards rushing on, oh God, it had to have been over 45 carries or somewhere near 45 carries. So uh, they might even run it even more now. So just worried about that. I do think that the Chargers come on top, so I will, with my pick, take the Chargers minus two. Uh, however, both defenses are solid. Both offenses are going to struggle a bit, so I'm going to take the under of 47. Next, the New York football Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. The Giants need to wake up. This is the game where they figure it out. Their defense has looked bad. Daniel Jones looked good last week. They got their first win against New Orleans, which is a solid defense. Daniel Jones threw for 400 yards. That's awesome. They play the Cowboys decently every year. I can't remember. There may have been one, maybe two, uh, in the in multiple years of games that the Giants didn't look good or at least competitive against the Cowboys. This is the game where the Giants defense figures it out. Uh, I think I thoroughly believe that. Now, the offense on, on one hand, uh, I don't know about the offense. Defense, I'm sure that they will have a better performance than they have that for the first four games of the season. But I do believe that they will. They will get close in this game, and it will be competitive. Now, Dallas is, how do I want to say this? Dallas has been good in these football games because they've stayed balanced. The reason that the ba- the staying balancing sta- sorry staying balanced works in the NFL is that w- both parts via passing and rushing, uh, which is the balanced part of the offense, need to be both solid, and one of them can't be extremely subpar. I see the Giants forcing Dak to throw more than they can run by them stuffing it early uh, because the Cowboys have had four games in a row where they've basically been able to do whatever they want between the tackles. And the offensive line looks amazing. I think that the Giants make that a problem, which will cause Dak to throw more than he would like. Last week, only 188 yards uh, passing and four touchdowns, no picks. I think he throws a few, eh, a a few passes that may or may not be picked, some bad throws, uh, may have a strip sack, something in there uh, to cause them to have a little bit of second thoughts in terms of their play calling, the strength of their play calling. Um, So I I think I like Dak. I said that clearly in the last podcast, but I think the Giants – are gonna are gonna make this a game. I I'm not confident enough to take them money line, obviously, uh, but I will take them plus the points, especially if they're gonna give me seven. So I'm gonna go with my pick as the Giants plus seven, uh, but it's not they're not gonna score as much as as much as Vegas thinks they will. So I'm gonna go with the under fifty two and a half. Next on the list, 49ers at the Cardinals. Jimmy G has a fifty percent chance of playing. 50-50 chance. Once again, another another day goes by, another Kyle Shanahan press conference where he will not rule out Jimmy Garoppolo until, quote-unquote, the medical staff makes the decision. Then he will tell us what that decision is. Dude, we're asking on an update. that You didn't give me an update. Just give me an update. How's he look? 50-50 chance he plays this week. 
That's basically all I could gather from that entire press conference. So Trey Lance is not ready to come in and start this football game. I've known that since I've seen him play quarterback the whole second half of last week after Jimmy got banged up. He's not ready to do it, and he's definitely not good enough to keep up with the the potent Cardinals offense. Uh, Kyler's going to stay hot against the secondary in San Francisco that is very subpar. It's very strange. A lot of these secondary, these defensive secondaries that I thought were going to excel or at least get better from last year have actually gotten worse. Kansas City, they had players that became more healthy, uh, that, and they got rid of a few problem children. Uh, they got Tyron Matthew at their bottom five. Tampa Bay, a bunch of, bunch of injuries, their bottom five. The Cardinals, they got Malcolm Butler, uh, they lost a bunch of players. Uh, they lost Peterson. Uh, there's a Pat, or Patrick Peterson from the back end. Their safeties, Buda Baker. Uh, he's playing okay, but not as good as I thought he was going to play. Their bottom five. It's just there's a lot. There's a lot of teams, and San Francisco is one of them too. They're relying on old Josh Norman, who you can basically call him a route jumper at his age because he can't cover pretty much anyone. And their rookies are too. Uh, they're, they're way too physical at the line of scrimmage. The rookies they have playing cornerback, and they're getting penalties called on them. So I, I don't see that there's a possibility of a way that the 49ers win this game unless Trey Lance has a, an MVP-type game, which is possible. Uh, but I'm I'm not going to go with that. So my my pick is in. I'm going with the Cardinals, minus 4.5. Uh, and basically because the Cardinals score over 30 points in every single game, uh, I'm going to go with the over of 49 30 to 20. That's all I need. Next, Sunday night football game. Probably the best game of the week. Uh, the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Jared, Jared, huh, look at me. Josh Allen. How do I confuse Josh Allen and Jared Allen? Jared Allen's been retired forever, and he was a defensive end. I, I don't know. All right, moving on. Uh, Josh Allen, he's going to get in the swing of things this week. Uh, people have been tearing him up. Uh, on social media, uh, on podcasts, everywhere else, saying Josh Allen looks he looks like he's not sharp, he's not as accurate as we thought, he's reverting back to his rookie year. Listen, his teams have his team has been winning by a lot. He doesn't have to focus on anything if he's up twenty seven nothing. So listen, just just pump the brakes on on Josh Allen hate because I'm I'm not buying into it. Now. I think he has an awesome game, and the Kansas City Chiefs defense they couldn't stop a, a couldn't stop anything. Uh, I just they can't stop anyone. Uh, Frank Clark nowhere to be found, hurt. He's got legal trouble. They, they're putting all this pressure on Chris Jones, one player out of seven players uh, that can perform uh, and get to the quarterback or stay in a lane in a rush lane uh, to stop somebody running the football. Anthony Hitchens is probably the only thing besides Chris Jones that's a, a solid player on that defense. The corners have been giving up big plays. Um, Tyron Matthews been Tyron Matthew, uh, but he can only do so much as well. The problem is the Buffalo Bills have been holding people to zero. They ain't holding no Chiefs team to zero. It ain't happening. Uh, the Chiefs team, uh, the Chiefs offense could score 25 points against any historically great defense that I can think of. The Giants defenses from back in the early 2000s. The the 85 Bears team. Uh, the, steel, the Steel Curtain. The, 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 the Steelers defenses from back in the... They could score 25 on any of these teams. 
when you got the best player in the league on your team playing quarterback, which is Patrick Mahomes. And I am interested to see the impact of Josh Gordon, who will be starting in this game. Well, he won't be he'll be getting a decent amount of snaps, probably 60% of the snaps at wide receiver 3, maybe even wide receiver 2. He's definitely better than Nicole Hardman at catching the football, I'll tell you that much. Now, McCall Hardman might smoke less pot, but or do less drugs, but let's see let's see if he can stay on a team for a whole season. Now, Josh Gordon's an amazing player, and he's on the best offense in the league right now. So, I want to see the impact of Josh Gordon. Anybody who picked him up in fantasy, stash him. Because he is going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially if him and Patrick Mahomes can get on the same page. He's been with the team, I think, a little less than two weeks uh, since they they put him on the team. Uh, so let's see what he's learned. He he has he has a lot of experience with this type of play calling and this verbiage uh, that Andy Reid uses in the offense. So let's see what happens. Now this will be the ultimate shootout. Uh, if you, the highest number that you can take in a over and under, take that number because this has the potential to be very high. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills plus two and a half. Uh, I think this is a very close game. Comes down to a field goal. Um, will I hope the field goal isn't a tie game and that I lose by a half a point, but I'm, that's the risk I'm willing to take. Uh, and I'm going to take the over that they're going to give me at 56. Honestly, if I will take, I would take over seventy-five, uh, to be honest with you, because that's thirty-eight to thirty-seven. The, the Chiefs scored thirty-plus points, I think, in every game uh, except against the Chargers, which they lost thirty to twenty-nine, or sorry, thirty to twenty-four, uh, which is basically almost covers this anyway. So, uh, going to be a high-scoring game, great game to watch. So, if you guys on the East Coast don't have to get up too early for work, I would definitely watch all that game. And lastly, the Monday night football game, the Colts at the Ravens. Um, basically, Carson Wentz's performance in this game is going to dictate the game. Um, they did get a big win last week. However, uh, I don't think he has that type of success against Baltimore. Not a chance uh, that he has that success against Baltimore. Um, because of the Ravens defense looking a lot better, um, now you could say it was against subpar, an, a subpar offense last week in the Denver Broncos with Drew Locke, which uh, he basically hands out interceptions like Tic Tacs. So the Baltimore Ravens are going to be so motivated to keep pace in their extremely competitive division right now. Now, don't get me wrong, the I, I like the way the Bengals are playing. They're not going to be able to keep this up all year, um, and if they do, it's going to be one of the biggest turnarounds I've ever seen from a football team that had their star player have ACL surgery and then come back and go 11 and 6 possibly 12 and 5 based on their the way they're going now but they need to stay up with the Browns the Steelers are a joke right now and I don't see them on a way to come back uh, to get even close to in this race in the AFC North so the Ravens are going to do pretty much anything. Lamar looks like he's comfortable. Um, he's throwing the ball well to start the season. Uh, his rushing attack is still there. Um, and, and I'm not a I'm not a, a Lamar hater in terms of him having issues throwing the ball down the field. He really doesn't have an issue. It's more or less uh, a 50-50 chance of him hitting a player down the sideline. You can get around that. The, the 49ers don't throw the ball deep down the sideline either, really. Uh, maybe one or two per game. Maybe they catch one, 
So at everything, it seems like it's in the middle of the field. So that's where I'm going with it. My pick's going to be the Ravens minus six and a half. Uh, and I'm going to go with the over of 45. I don't think the Ravens should ever have an over under less than 50 uh, because I think they have the potential to score at least 30 points in every game. Uh, it's kind of like putting an over under 45 in a Chiefs game. They have the potential themselves to score 45. So I have no choice but to take the over. Uh, so that is that is what I'm going with. The Ravens minus six and a half over the Colts and then the over of 45. All right, everybody. I'm hoping everybody has a, an amazing week five of football. Uh, good luck to all your teams out there. I will be cutting it close. I uh, got a golf tournament this week on Sunday, 7.30 start. Uh, so hopefully in five and a half hours, I can get everything done. Uh, get home to watch this Vikings game uh, because uh, I feel like if I don't watch it, they will lose to the Lions, which will be horrific to talk about on the podcast next week. But I will do it. Um, good luck to everyone else. Thank you so much for all the support that I've been getting from the podcast uh, in terms of you guys listening to the episodes. Thank you so much. Please leave a review in your review. Please ask a question uh, on any platform that you are able to leave reviews. Also, you can uh, leave a, a message in my direct messages on Facebook. Uh, my name spelled C-O-L-E-H-A-Y-D as in dog, T as in Tom uh, on Facebook. Search me on Facebook. Shoot me a, um, a message uh, on the on Messenger uh, that I can add to the podcast. Would really like to start a mailbag. I haven't gotten really any questions yet uh, on Apple Podcasts or any other review sites. So um, if you could do that also, let me know what you guys were, uh, when you guys became fans and what team you guys are a fan of. I want to know as much as I can about my listeners. I really care about you guys. Love talking to you guys about football. Uh, it's awesome. So another week five, uh, sorry, another week in the books. Week four is officially in the books. We've started week five. Uh, still a great football season. Things are about to get real Real serious coming up uh, within these races in each division. Uh, Vikings are still not out of it, although they do have an extremely hard schedule coming up. Uh, so we've got Carolina, Baltimore, uh, Green Bay, uh, the 49ers. Uh, we've got a lot of rough games coming up, not a lot of them at home. So uh, Vikings are going to be struggling, but they ain't out of it yet. So... Um, thank you so much once again for you guys listening. Uh, I will be back on Monday for the every week recap episode of week five. Once again, good luck to all your teams. And like I always say, I will catch you guys on the flip side. Uh, later. Later.